Hi, everyone. Welcome to the Authentically Kind podcast, where we tell imperfect, messy, real stories about being a good human. I'm Michelle, host of this podcast, and I'm so glad you're tuning in. On today's episode, we interview Brandy Wells about her journey towards self-kindness. We explore why it's so hard for us to show self-compassion. We hear personal stories from Brandy, and we talk about strategies and resources for loving ourselves more. Let's get started. Well, I'm very excited to welcome a good friend of mine, Brandy Wells, to the studio today. <laughs> Hi. <laughs> um, Brandy and I have known each other for several years now, yes. and she is an academic researcher. Well, she's in the research field, which she's going to tell you about. So, Brandy, do you want to tell our listeners a little about yourself? Sure. So, I work with um, participants who are living with HIV in um, Atlanta, and I work over the phone and help coach them to take their medications, adhere to appointments, and all the feelings and things that go around that with stigma and disclosure and everything. So That's um, awesome. Thank you. I, I really get a lot from my participants. I really enjoy helping others and talking with my participants every week, bi-weekly. Um, and I'm also a mom to two beautiful girls. I have a seven-year-old and a <laughs> 10-month-old. Um, and they keep me busy, too. So Yes, they do. Yes. <laughs> well, thank you for being here on the Authentically Kind podcast. Thank you. So we're going to today dive into the topic of being kind to yourself. And you and I have talked about this a bit in the past um, because we've both had, had experiences that sort of forced us to be kind to ourselves. Mm. So I thought maybe we could start off with you telling us a little bit about your story. Sure. Sure. So I've had two babies <laughs> and my most recent pregnancy, um, I found out my baby was going to be missing some fingers on one of her hands. And I think that <clears throat> kind of um, made me start to uh, go through a little bit of anxiety, but I kept it strong throughout my pregnancy and until the baby was born. And, um, you know, she was beautiful and we had this great bonding moments and I thought I had it all together. <laughs> um, and, you know, I kind of went through my maternity leave and um, had a longer leave than with my first child. So um, because I learned that I wanted a longer leave. Um, and when I went back to work, I thought, I'm going to jump right back in and everything's going to be fine. I've done this job for years and everything's going to be fine. But when I went back to work, um, I kind of spiraled into this anxiety thing that I've never kind of managed before or, or went through before. Um, couldn't sleep, um, just rumination all the time. And um, I felt it, everything felt overwhelming. Mm -hmm. So I called my OB. Um, she suggested a long walk. Oh, my gosh. Are um, you serious? A bubble bath. Meat for coffee. No. <laughs> and it's January. <laughs> so that's not going to really happen. <laughs> um, so and, and she also suggested finding um, a therapist to see and, and looking through my insurance to see, you know, who would. Um, okay. But can we take but, a second yes. to just. <laughs> sit with that because as someone who's <clears throat> had anxiety for my whole life and struggled with depression at times I hate when people say that right uh, to just say oh well you just need to go take a walk or 
take a warm shower. It's like you don't understand mental health issues if that's what you're telling people. Yes, exactly. I had told a colleague of mine and she said to me, has your OB ever met a pregnant person (laughs) or ever met somebody who's given birth? (laughs) And you would think like there's so much more education about postpartum depression and things that providers do seem to be taking postpartum mental health more seriously. So that's, you know, that's upsetting to hear that it, those are the suggestions that you were given. Yes, it was reflecting on it afterwards. I became very upset. Um, I won't be returning to that um, practice, but um, because I felt also that the the in our society to go off on a tangent is more concerned with the baby than the mom. Mm, I think. Um, <laughs> so I think that was, and and I think I was doing that myself too. I kept putting the focus on the baby, making sure the baby's staying alive every day and getting all the love and care that she needed. But then at the end of the day, I I needed that too. And see, I don't think that's going off on a tangent. That's exactly what we're talking mm. about, that we have yeah. to take care of ourselves and be care- kind to ourselves too. And you're mm. right. There is this like societal thing we have here in the United States where when the baby is born, the entire focus is on the baby. And we sort of, we don't really help or respect what postpartum women have to go through. Have you ever heard people call that um, the fourth trimester? Yes. I like yes, that. I you know, do too. because that's that's so accurate and some people there's even like doulas that come in and help after the baby is born to help the mom recover because you just went through this incredible experience with your body and then you're also trying to full-time like take care of this crying baby that you know especially Mm -hmm. if you're a first-time parent you have no clue what you're doing exactly (laughs) you know so exactly so i don't think you went off on a tangent because (sighs) i feel like that's exactly what we're talking about taking care of ourselves and being kind to ourselves as well yes but anyway i diverted us from what you were saying because i just had to i I just had to say something about that because i just really don't i don't like it when people sort of degrade mental illness by saying like just go for a run or something like that like that it's a chemical imbalance so that's not going to be solved exactly. by taking a bubble exactly. bath. <laughs> and I have to piggyback onto that, too, because I also learned. Um, so after I dealt with my OB's suggestions and then I called up my friend, I called up you and I called up some other friends and, you know, just talked it over. And I think that's a huge thing, too, is to kind of open up. And it's not easy to do, but to open up to others, because then I learn how many other of my, you know, mom friends Mm -hmm. um, have also gone through similar things or or we're going through things with depression or anxiety and to to talk with somebody else and to hear their story, too, and to kind of share together um, to kind of break. I'm very big on breaking that stigma down. You know, I will, I'm an open book. I will share with anybody my story like I am now, but. It's because um, you're authentically kind. <laughs> authentically kind. <laughs> um, but then I, I did look um, through my insurance and found um, a couple of places in where I, where I live um, to go for my first therapy sessions. And I finally got into a place that I really adore. And I met with a therapist who was such a great fit for me. Um, And she even kind of, I learned from her too that, you know, our hormones after birth, 
I mean, I knew that the horm, you know, the hormones get shifted and things happen, but I didn't know that you could be deficient, you know, you're in vitamins, you know, B and D, um, and, um, <laughs> sorry, it's okay. <laughs> no, we don't need to cut that out. <laughs> um, we were adjusting the microphone, people. Yes. <laughs> um, but the, the vitamins depletions that happens, I never knew about that. And, mm. you know, they ran blood work on me and I was, you know, deficient in certain vitamins that, and, and I, I learned I had a thyroid issue too from them, which also can lead to anxiety too. But, mm. but through this practice that I went to with meeting with a therapist, um, and then I started mindfulness group, which was very new to me to go to a group and talk with others who are dealing with other anxieties. And, you know, it wasn't something that I thought that that would be okay, like a good fit for me, but I did it and I really enjoyed it. And um, can you tell us what what <clears throat> you did while you were there? Like, did you was it meditation? Yeah. So the mindfulness group is wonderful. And we usually would start out with a meditation or sometimes we would do something like they would have tea, mm. hot hot water with tea, and we'd have to drink it kind of slowly and take in the flavors of it, like really to be present in everything that you do. Mm-hmm. I mean, and I don't shouldn't say everything you do, but to be present in that moment. Um, and we would have homework and do a mindful drive to work because <laughs> how often That's are cool. you on an autopilot and you just magically get to work and you don't you're not thinking about you know um when I did the driving I realized I was always hunched over Mm. (laughs) and then when I thought about it what I was doing more I kind of relaxed a little bit and became kinder to my fellow commuters and okay if that person wants to come in you know on the highway (laughs) I'll let them go and I wasn't so anxious you know getting to work on time and that's interesting so So having a more relaxed attitude allowed more space for you to be kind to others Yes, I that's I'm a firm believer in that. Um, I feel like when I'm able to be kind to myself, give myself um, grace, mm-hmm. you know, um, a lot of times we're our worst critics. I'm my worst critic. I am too. <laughs> um, I know just how to talk bad to myself. Yes. <laughs> and I always kind of catch myself, I think more so now lately that I've been doing mindfulness and and. Um, practicing mindfulness, I catch myself a little bit and I say to myself, would I say that to Michelle? Mm. Would I say that to my daughter? Mm-hmm. Would I want my daughter to say that to herself? No. Um, so I think we are easier to forgive others than we are for to forgive ourselves. Oh, most definitely. I mm. do the same thing. Like I will think negative things about myself that I would never, ever, ever, ever think of or say to anybody else. But for some reason, yeah. I allow myself to say it to myself. Exactly. It's hard. And it's hard to break that cycle of negative self-talk. It is hard. And I don't have, like, the magic trick for that. But I do find um, I like to journal <laughs> Um, and I remember this from high school where I used to journal all the time when you're going through all the feelings of being a teenager. <laughs> and I had to bring that back um, recently to myself to give myself that moment of sitting at my desk at home and just, you know, I don't have to write out a whole page. You know, sometimes I just write a little bit about my day and then I started to write three things that I really like about myself. Um Ooh. 
and I had encouraged others through a blog post um, on CT Working Moms um, <laughs> to do that as well. And and I've had some feedback, you know, from family and friends who were like, you know, I really needed that. I needed to, you know, sit down and, and you know, talk about myself like that, you know, because mm-hmm. we're, I think we're easy to give compliments to others, but, you know, we deserve that, that same, you know, compliment to ourselves. And I think when we realize ourselves that we're, you know, we're loving human beings. We're all struggling, you know, through life, like ups and downs of being a human being. And to kind of give yourself that moment to recognize yourself and your good qualities really sets the tone for my day. Sometimes if I was able to do it in the beginning of my day, it can set the tone for the rest Mm. of the day. Mm -hmm. Or if I'm having a bad day at the end of the day, I still (laughs) would (laughs) go for it. That's Um, great. I really like that practice. Well, I want to just go back for a second to your story about your postpartum anxiety mm-hmm. that you struggled with. Um, I talked about my own struggle with postpartum anxiety in a previous podcast. I think the podcast about judgment in parenting. Mm-hmm. Um, just because I really want to, and I know you do too, like to shine a light on postpartum anxiety. I feel like everyone knows about postpartum depression. Well, most mm-hmm. people do. I think there's a lot of awareness about that. But postpartum anxiety is a real thing. Uh, and it's different than depression. Um, sometimes it does go mm-hmm. hand in hand. You can have po- both postpartum depression and postpartum anxiety. But um, for me, my postpartum anxiety was just so terrifying. And like you said as well, like I really had to rely on people to help me during that period of time. Yes. And I'm not great at letting people help me or asking for help. But I sort of had this like moment of, okay, I just have to kind of surrender because I am not okay. And I do need other people's help to get me through this period of time. Did you have any moments yes. like that too? Like I, I, when I think back about it, I really remember like this moment where I... I let my family take me to the emergency room because that's how bad my anxiety was. I could not regulate my brain. I could not. Um, No matter what I tried, I couldn't get the anxiety down or to lessen. It just was so heightened, which is just, uh, I can't even explain how terrible of a feeling that is. It is one of the worst feeling in the world for me. Um, Mm -hmm. But once I just was like, okay, like I really need help and I'm going to surrender right now. And do whatever I need to do to get my mental health back, which for me meant I had to stop breastfeeding because I needed to take medication at that time and it would have passed through the breast milk. Mm -hmm. So giving myself like that, being kind to myself and saying I'm still a good mother, even Mm -hmm. though I'm not breastfeeding because I'm taking care of myself. Mm -hmm. And that's the best way to be a good mom. Um, Yes. I'm sorry. I had asked yes. you a question and then I kept yeah, going. No, no, no. That's exactly, <laughs> that's exactly, you know, what happened with me as well. It's, I think society puts this pressure to breastfeed and to do this for your child, to do that for your child. And then you feel like, well, if I have to change that, um, or if I have to, you know, but as a mother, <laughs> as a father, you have to take care of yourself first sometimes in order to be a good mom or a good 
dad or a good caretaker. Um, it's just like it's, what they say on the airplane, right? They say directly to parents, you need to yeah. put the, the, life, mask, the, the oxygen mask on yourself first yes. and then your child. Exactly. But that's so opposite of what, what I feel like we're taught. Exactly. Exactly. In my last flight, the flight attendant came around specifically to everyone who I was sitting with the child and, and said it again, repeated it. Yep. And I was like, I, of course, I've heard you the first time. But then you <laughs> thought about it. And it's like, in that moment, would yeah. I do that? Right. Your you instinct know? is Ex- to your protect instinct. your child exactly. first. Exactly. But you can't do anything if you can't breathe yourself. Exactly. So it's exactly that. Um, <laughs> I like that a lot. <laughs> but it is exactly that. You have to take care of yourself. You have to find moments. And it's, it's not always easy. But I think once you start practicing it it can become easy because like you said you know asking for help surrendering to that you know so in my moments when I have to be kind to myself sometimes because I'm such an introvert mm-hmm. and Me I'm too. talking on the phone all day <laughs> to my love my participants who I love but by the end of the day I could be so drained mm. and decision fatigue sets in and then I'm like I, I just need some time to go sit and read a book with a cup of tea <laughs> you know can then I call on my husband to you know take over with the kids or or and he does in the same thing I offer for him too and and sometimes it's just, it's just you know trying to get help um mm-hmm. where you can and and kind of get those pockets of time and it sounds like what you're saying too is part of being kind to yourself is knowing yourself <clears throat> knowing what your limits are knowing what's going to help you feel rejuvenated you know, like you're saying how you get decision fatigue, I think you called it. Yes. After you've had to, your introvert <laughs> self had to extrovert yourself all day. Yes. And then you go home. And it, so being in tune with what your needs are yes. is important in being kind to yourself. But I will also speak for myself again in saying sometimes some of us have a really hard time even knowing what our needs are mm. um, for a variety of different reasons. For me, it's because growing up, I had three siblings with special needs at that time and so I got messages that my parents were just like so glad they didn't have to worry about me Mm -hmm. and I didn't have needs and no matter how much therapy I've done to work on that it's like an ingrained message that I got in my head so I know for myself for self-care and for showing myself kindness I have to continuously like evolve with that and even just try to like figure out what my needs are so that I can be nicer to myself and right. take care of myself better. Exactly. And that's a that's a big thing too. Yeah. Um and it's 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 complex but not, you know, it's 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 about knowing yourself and I think you're very good at, you know, kind of learning about yourself and thinking about about that. Um but it, I think, you know, we have to I think being kind to ourselves and being in there whether that's being in therapy I think that's a kind thing that you do for yourself Mm -hmm. and that I've done for myself um and taking those moments of and just giving yourself some I call it grace (laughs) give yourself some grace and and if you don't know exactly what you need in that moment that's okay that is okay Mm -hmm. um you know we have to give ourselves permission I think to 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 be okay with our decisions sometimes they don't turn out you know what we think or you know we think of the past a lot and but um (laughs) (laughs) but you know it is it's 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 a work we're all a work in progress I think oh yeah I Um, I think 
yeah, everyone's a work in progress and we all, I think self-reflection is important. You were kind of mm-hmm. getting at that yes. earlier and, and just being able to take stock of how am I feeling? Am I feeling overwhelmed? Am I feeling anxious? Where is it coming from? How can I take care of myself and be compassionate to myself right now? Things like that. So like you, I have a therapist. Um, I also really feel like meditation does help. So I loved Mm -hmm. hearing about your mindfulness class because with anxiety, your thoughts just get out of control. Mm -hmm. And meditation really makes you take a step back and breathe and calm your mind and clear your mind yes um and that has even when you're outside of meditation it still has positive benefits yeah you know because you feel more clear and more calm but i've struggled myself with like my intuition is that i think i need to have a daily meditation practice but being a busy single parent Mm -hmm. with a lot of responsibility i put my own needs away exactly (laughs) um but as i'm getting older i feel like i feel like we really do need to listen to our inner voice Mm -hmm. and honor it um and so i loved also hearing about how you have this like ritual of writing in your journal because i've been contemplating like having a morning ritual and a Mm -hmm. nightly ritual um because sometimes i have a little bit of a hard time sleeping too um, so I feel like if I did something where like I get up in the morning and I write down how I want, what I want to focus on each day mm-hmm. or that day in particular, and then have some kind of like breathing meditation at nighttime, that that would, yes. that would be helpful. <laughs> I love that because when I was, um, going through my, I call them like anxiety tornadoes <laughs> because mm. they just spin and spin. And then of course you can't sleep at night. Um, I found doing my meditations in the evenings helped me to sleep and to go to sleep restful. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's lovely, there's wonderful apps. Um, mm-hmm. I can also talk about one app that I really like. You but, can feel free. Um, so I think our listeners do like to hear about resources <clears throat> that are helpful. Yeah. So. Um, so the app that I really liked, oh gosh, it's escaping me right now. Um, Headspace. Oh yeah. Headspace. Mm-hmm. I've heard of that one. I think I've seen like advertisements or something. Yes. And Headspace is a wonderful meditation app and they, they actually incorporate animation into it too. And you can, you can watch little stories about, um, they try to make mindfulness, you know, very easy to kind of understand some of the concepts with it or what, what you know, what we're going to focus on with today's, you know, meditation. And I really find those helpful. Don't they have like a breathing meditation where like the bubble goes goes bigger and smaller as you're doing it to kind of like help you visually that's what i saw in an an advertisement oh possibly (laughs) i have not seen that i know um my watch does that there's a breathe app that will throughout the day you know kind Mm -hmm. of vibrate and then say you know take a moment to breathe and then for a minute i'm watching this flower get bigger oh, and cool so they it, it has is that through the that headspace app or that's a different i app? think it's a different app oh yeah. okay so on the apple watch they have the breathe app Ooh, um, fancy schmancy i know <laughs> so, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um yeah so meditation yeah. apps are definitely helpful a lot of them are free um, or on youtube i've heard there's wonderful meditations on mm, youtube too mm-hmm. also 
But I found, you know, plugging my headphones in when I'm, I'm, I was laying in bed doing it and yeah. it just doing that breathing. And you could build up, um, you could start as little as five minutes, I believe. You could build up to 10, 15 minutes. Um, and it's that has helped me tremendously. Um, and if people wanted to even learn more about meditation, wherever they are listening to this, you can just do a Google search of mm-hmm. meditation centers in your area. For us in Connecticut, I um, really love one called the Odiana uh, Center, which is in East Hartford, mm. East Hartford Glastonbury line, and they have wonderful meditation classes. Because I think there's also some misconceptions about what meditation is. Yes, there's breathing meditations. But there's also meditations aimed at just helping you be a better person. So mm-hmm. you you like listen to the teacher talk about a subject like the faults of anger Mm -hmm. and then you meditate on it and you can take that lesson with you um so definitely you know you can you can do some google searches to try to find people or places near you that can teach meditation as well do you have any other resources that you want to share with people i was thinking when you're talking about your daughter in the beginning um livy and but Mm. i can't remember the name of it now there's a great facebook page that i follow since finding out about your daughter's um, fingers, what is it called? Oh, Dactyly. <laughs> if I'm saying that correctly, <laughs> but it's 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 um it's we found a community. The Lucky Finn Project. The Lucky Finn Project, yes, is wonderful, and that that really helped as well to again connect with others who have faced this. And you know, this is something that happens. There's no rhyme or reason. It's not genetic. It's not anything I did <laughs> when mm-hmm. I was pregnant or anything. You know, it just something that occurred. And she's of course now. I could see that this is not going to hold her back. That but baby is so cute i can't even handle it yeah she is adorable (laughs) and and she you know does things you know even though she doesn't have all her fingers on one on her left hand she still uses that hand and i could see her using it to eat and to do things and grab like she can grab grass like nothing out of the you know like pull it out of the ground um but so yes finding a community of of you know other parents other adults who have lived with a limb difference um, mm-hmm. has been tremendously helpful. And that's another thing that, you know, was hard for me for a while was finding community or, you know, mm-hmm. and I think, but I also to kind of bring it full circle is being kind to yourself, um, you know, giving yourself compliments, um, forgiving yourself for mistakes um, really helps you to open up to others. Um, mm. So I think that was my biggest my biggest takeaway from him and being kind to yourself opens up so much space in your heart and your mind to be kind to other people throughout your day so i definitely think it's really important to strive to be more gentle with ourselves Mm -hmm. um so that we can be more gentle with with other people yes right exactly yeah so the lucky finn project yes i've yes. <laughs> been following that and i do like to see the community they have there because it seems to make other people feel less alone mm-hmm. which i think is really important exactly um i also want to give a plug for my absolute all-time favorite podcast the hilarious world of depression i think i, I saw you mention that today I on I facebook about <laughs> it now i need to check it out <laughs> uh yeah um the person that does the interviews he's great and he interviews different like comedians or funny people about their struggles with mental illness 
Um, and they're very authentic on that mm. podcast too. And you really hear a lot of personal stories, which yes. also help you feel less alone. Exactly. But since we talked today about mental illness, I thought I would share that as yes. a resource for people. So go check out the hilarious world of depression. You'll yes. love it. <laughs> yes. And if you are struggling with depression or anxiety, or if any of this rings true to you, you are not alone. You are definitely mm-hmm. not alone. Mm-hmm. And don't be afraid to get help for yourself. Yes. Because that is being kind to yourself. Like, it's okay to ask for help. Yes, exactly. So do you have any final thoughts for us? Any final words before <laughs> we sign off? Um, <laughs> no, I pre- thank you for inviting me. This was fun to talk about. And, and, you know, I think that's the biggest thing is that, you know, we we're all humans. We're all going through it. We're, at the end of the day, we're all trying to do our best. Mm-hmm. Um, and so kind of, this is me giving you permission to give yourself grace, um, and to, you know, find something that write down a list of things that you find that make you happy to do as small as just going for a walk around the block or, you know, anything and that you would have something to kind of fall back on in those moments of needing something to kind of cheer you up or to put you on the right path mm-hmm. for the for the day so <laughs> that is my final word <laughs> well, I was so happy to have it. you here this is a great interview I like, love this topic of figuring out ways to be kind to ourselves and I think it's definitely something that we can devote some future podcasts to as well because like you said everyone has different struggles and so being kind to ourselves looks different for different people yes. so Perhaps it's something we'll continue to explore here on the Authentically Kind podcast. (laughs) Well, thank you so much, Brandy. Thank you. (laughs) Thank you for listening to today's episode of the Authentically Kind podcast. We hope you enjoyed our interview with Brandy Wells. For links to any of the resources mentioned during this episode, visit AuthenticallyKind.com. Also, make sure to give us a follow on Instagram. See you next week.